Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 24-7 and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I can't stop burping. And every... What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking over there, Pernell? Some drink, a drink called a pomet. Uh, I finally cracked open this like beverage that I've been sitting on for like a month. And, and now is the right time to drink it, right? This is the perfect time to drink it. This is a celebration. Okay. Well, every week we listen to great... See, I almost grabbed a sparkling beverage before I came to sit down, but I knew it would give me the burps. Yeah, and so, I was like, I yeah. was like, I want to have a beer tonight. I'm like, I better drink it first. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll, I'll, every, every week we listen to great video game music from the, uh, the past and the present from all consoles and all generations. Um, and we all sometimes have guests, as you can hear on the show right now. We have Bedroth from the VGM podcast, VGM, <laughs> right? It's just very good music, right? VGM, VGM, yeah. yeah. V- VGM squared, very good music, a VGM podcast, yes. yes. Uh, also, my acronym could be VGM, VGM. Yeah. <laughs> uh, VGM squared yes. is awesome, well, actually. Yes. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. It is a great pleasure and privilege to be on such an esteemed well, no, podcast. Stop it. Yeah, we're, no, stop it. We're doing like that podcast you find on the uh, stairs. You could be doing so much more with your Monday night, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like drinking. Oh, man. I want to be right here. Okay, good. Zits. We are glad to That's have where you. where the magic happens. Yeah, so um, we wanted to welcome you to the show um, in the way that we welcome everybody to the show. So uh, first, we need you to finish uh, World 1-1 of Super Mario Brothers as quickly as you can. And then you take a picture of it with a Polaroid, and then we'll um, add your name and high score to the list. Pernell, help me out here. I'm, I'm flailing. That's no, don't, 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 don't do that. We, we, we like... only do that to guests we hate. We like you. So... All we want, all with you. All we want to ask is how you doing, yeah. and welcome to the show. Yeah, tell tell us about your show because I'm curious about uh, um, your show with uh, your co-host Shoot Kapow, and um, like what guy, like, yes. like when you guys started, and you know what you guys do. Okay, so a little bit of background. I have been a fan of the VGM podcast scene for. Gosh, I guess like six years now. I discovered Legacy Music Hour back in, um, well, around that time. It all kind of runs together after a certain point. But uh, then I sort of independently discovered the Super Mercado Bros. And at that point, I was hooked. When I found out about the VGM Jukebox through Legacy Music Hour, I started listening to Josh and Emily all the time. And then through them, I heard about you guys. I heard about Ed and Mike back when they were still doing Pixel Tunes. I heard about um, Brian and... uh, It was Brian and James. Now it's Brian and Gene. Pixelated audio, right? Okay. And... I just sort of, everything dovetailed because the Marcados also led me to a couple of other podcasts and then I just started wanting to listen to everything I could find. So, um, and then after a while, I found out you guys all hung out on Discord. So I popped in, said hi, and before long, I was just, I had to do it myself. Um, This was around the time that Alex Messenger also started his show. And I think his was the one that really inspired me because he's like the super fan. Um, As you guys say, he's like the... Um, patron saint of VGM yeah, podcasts. That definitely and... is. I think there's an added <laughs> element with him too in the fact that if you listen to like either our show back in the day or Ed's show back in the day, Alex guested on both of those shows. Mm-hmm. When he came on, he was really nervous. Yep. 
Like, he didn't want to say a whole lot. Yeah. And then this guy is like, I love this so much, I want to do it myself. And not only did he do it, but he's doing it very well. Like, he totally came into his own. He is. Yeah, he really did. Really and around this time last year, actually, I guested on Ed's podcast, the VG Embassy, and I was a little nervous. I've got a very small background in radio. My dad is actually in his like 45th year in radio. Uh, he has a Saturday night's show, and he's wow. been doing it forever. So I grew up oh. around it, but I never really was behind the mic all that much, except for doing like commercials here and there in high school. And so after uh, I was on Ed's show, some of the nerves wore off. And I decided I wanted to do my own show. And I figure I talk enough, I can probably carry a show by myself. Um, there are a lot of great solo podcasters out there. But I also really liked the dynamic of, like, you guys, for example, and having somebody to sort of bounce ideas off of. And I happened to be sitting next to my son when I was doing all this, and we had been talking about video game music because he likes music, he likes video games. And I was like, hey, would you want to do a podcast with me? It's like, um, Sure. What do you want to do it? <laughs> and the rest is kind of history. So it was almost an afterthought that uh, I have a co-host, but I'm so glad I do because it's it's something that I think is unique, which I was kind of worried about finding you know a unique voice amidst all the VGM podcasts that are out there now. But that's what we do. It's just uh, my son and me talking about uh, games we love, games we haven't played, games we want to play, um, comparing tastes, and just kind of a multi-generational look at um, things from kind of a father-son perspective. Oh, I like that. I like that's that what lot. we do. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. We were calling Alex the patron saint of video game podcasts, and Ed is our dad. So he's the father of video game music podcasts. <laughs> and then, yes. and then that, makes, that makes Rob and Brent of the Legacy Music Hour the grandfathers. Of, of, the of grandfathers, the yeah. The grandfathers, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Wow, you discovered us through um, you discovered us through uh, the the VGM jukebox, huh? I think so. I'm I'm not entirely sure exactly. Like I said, it kind of runs together at some point. I know that shortly after you guys started, which was what like four and a half uh, years ago now, almost About. five. Um, yeah. Uh, shortly after y'all started, I discovered you somehow because you only had about a dozen or so episodes um, at the time when I first oh, found okay. you guys. And then and, and I listened because I remember I was actually up putting up Christmas lights that year. <laughs> and uh, I had you guys up while I was putting up the lights because the headphones kept coming out when I was like reaching up and doing stuff. And it was oh, annoying, funny. but the show was really good. Um, and then... I my commute got cut down and so I had to kind of cut away I some understand. shows and I just kept listening to the ones I'd been listening to for a while and you guys kind of fell off the radar for a little bit and then I came back like two years later and all of a sudden you had like a hundred <laughs> episodes or more and I was like man I've got this backlog now and so I was like no nah, I can't quit anymore I have to stay with them yeah. so yeah I've been with you guys since somewhere around I guess world 10 oh my God. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for, for sticking with us and thanks for finally like coming on our show um, I know we've been planning this for a while and we've had some difficulty coordinating um, because Cornell and I have a problem yes. understanding time zones and, and we also can't read a clock really well either hey Hey, well, hey. and really, I don't read really, clocks. I don't read sundials. Okay, <laughs> sundial, right? We gotta, we gotta mark it on the on <laughs> sundial. Yep. in his backyard. But see, the problem is, it was a shady day that day, and so <laughs> you know, the sundial was. <laughs> it wasn't quite. Oh. well, let's let's jump into <laughs> but, today's topic, and then um, so because you chose as as yeah. usual with our guests, 
uh, you chose our topic and we'd like for you to pick first. But why don't you describe um, what this topic means to you and what we'll all be looking at together. And what it is. What it is. What it is. Bedrock. But uh, so the the topic that I decided to settle on uh, went back and forth with Purnell for a little bit on Google Chat and decided it just made sense. I didn't think you guys had done the topic before. You know, I'm kind of a we just talked about Ed being the VGM podcast dad, um, and he and I actually are like the dads of VGM podcasting because he has his son Logan on the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. Of course, my son is my co-host, so I figured for me to come on. We should talk about dads and gaming and songs associated with dads and gaming because it just kind of made sense. And then ironically, that's actually why <laughs> you guys can take the blame if you want. But that's actually why we had trouble coordinating is because I have got all these kids I got to deal with. If anything, that's cool. I think it's thematic. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all, it's all, right. all stays within the theme. I love that. <laughs> all right, well, let's get there into we go. There tunes. We go. Yeah. What's going to be your first tune for uh, fatherhood? The v- fatherhood, the video game. Dagdom. <laughs> oh, I get to pick first. Okay, I've listened to enough of y'all get y'all's guest shows. I should know that. Um, let me see. Well, I think I'll start with one that I know Purnell will enjoy, and one that shoot Kapow. I, I wanted to kind of represent him a little bit on this show. This is a song from Tales of Symphonia, which is one of his favorite games, and. This uh, the soundtrack was composed by Matoy Sakuraba along with a couple of other folks whose names I always forget because I'm pretty sure Sakuraba did like 90% of this soundtrack, and I'm almost positive he did this song. And I'll talk about a little about why this has to how this ties into the topic when we come back. But the name of the song is "Beat the Angel." listening to Beat the Angel from Tales of Siphonia, composed by Motoi Sakuraba. This was picked by Bedroth. And yeah, this is this was like an evil wedding that turned into a heavy metal band rocking out. Like 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 the the, <laughs> the, the bride and groom were demons and they got married and then like the this is like the party afterwards and they were like, let's go! <laughs> That's a way to put it. Or it was just Motoi Sakuraba. They got yes. him to, like, to, to play play the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this definitely has that uh, signature Sakuraba sound, I think. Um, 
between the Tales series and the Golden Sun series, he's got that sort of like orchestral rock thing going on. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so this track, um, Shukapow and I actually played this back on one of the early episodes of our podcasts. Actually, our most popular episode to this date. Uh, we called it Rivals, Rogues, and Frenemies. And it was all about, you know, like, rivals and games. We played, like, Shadow the Hedgehog was on there, of course. And um, uh, I think I brought a song for, gosh, oh, Proto Man is what we played out with. So just like rivals in games. Shukapow brought this song because the character, um, Kratos, who this song sort of centers around, starts out in the game as Lloyd's rival. Lloyd Irving is the protagonist of the game, for anybody who doesn't know. And he's kind of a rival to Lloyd slash sort of mentor. It's kind of a weird relationship, and it was explained to me by a 15-year-old, so Purnell, please correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Um, but then, spoiler alert, later, later in the game, um, you find out that Kratos is actually um, an angel, and you also find out that he is Lloyd's dad. Yep. And you have this big confrontation with him in a fight that you are not supposed to win, although technically I hear you can, um, but then it gets really, really hard from there. And this is the song that accompanies that fight. So it's not beat the angel, it's beat your dad. Who's an angel? Yes. <laughs> Who dad happens like to be an angel. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, much so. was such a weird um, game in that like, it... <clears throat> Has I feel like I never finished it despite putting like 70 hours in. The game constantly hits you with plot twists, like all the time. It never stops. I genuinely feel like the ending is going to have a plot twist. But it was a quality title throughout, and I feel like the whole thing with Lloyd and Kratos was a major plot twist that I actually came to really appreciate when they revealed it too. There was a there was a Tales game that we started playing. Pernell, do you remember? Remember we were playing one that, that uh, Kim brought over, and she was like, "Yeah, t- it was, there was a Tales of Vesperia, Vesperia was one of them, and then the other one was Tales of Zillia, and I only remember the name off the top. So I looked over at the box in the corner of my room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, I remember we put it in, <laughs> and she was like, "You know, I know you're not really into these action RPGs, so I've been playing this a lot. I got a save file. It's a little further in the game." And I've unlocked a whole bunch of like extra items and costumes and stuff. And so we just picked it up, and it was like, what is even happening in this game? It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. <laughs> I, was like, Maybe I could we should not start imagine dropping into a Tales game yeah. like partway through. I haven't actually played any of them. Um, I am going to get into Symphonia at some point. Um, our Wii is actually on the fritz right oh. now. I need to uh, get a new disk drive oh, in there. Oh. But um, that's what we use for GameCube games. And... Um, but yeah, Shukapau played through it, and then after that, he switched over and started playing uh, Tales of Fantasia on a, in, on a ROM, uh, oh, the right, SNES right, right. version. And yep, and he really wants to try to get a hold of more of them. Um, but really, he just more than anything, he wants Lloyd and Smash. Yes, for good reason. <laughs> he has this. Uh, he plays this Flash game called Super Smash Flash Two that uh, is a Flash like Smash Brothers sort of ripoff type thing, but it's apparently really, really well supported, really well done, and Lloyd is one of the characters, ah, cool. along with uh, Dark Mage from Final Fantasy and um, the uh, 
oh, the Waddle D guy with the spear from Kirby. <laughs> so some of the fan fa- oh, Waluigi actually just dropped this last season. So a lot of the fan favorites that people want in, they've put oh, in that cool. game. Boyd Irving was a wanted yeah. character in Smash for years. Like since Symphonia originally came out, people wanted something Boyd Irving. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be really cool. He would have a good uh, uh, yeah. He would have a good diverse that like that, uh, that, 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 And this is one of his custom, songs in Smash Bros. Like a Flash custom too. fighting game where you can like make your own uh, people and put them into Mugen. Is it, I think you're thinking about Mugen. Mugen, yeah, Mugen. I think it's like a Mugen. I think you can also do that with one of the sort of Smash clones that came out recently. Maybe Rivals of Aether or something oh, like that. Yeah. You can like make your own character to okay, put in the game. I was just curious about that, but yeah, I didn't mean um, to cut you off. Oh yeah, but I think it's I think it's something like that. I also think I was pretty much done with my thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. No, it's all right. There's three of us here. I knew. It's actually, it's nice talking over you guys because um, with Shukapau sometimes, because he's 15, it's kind of like pulling teeth to get him to talk if it's not about Tails or Chrono Trigger. <laughs> you just got to get him to talk so, about it from a fan perspective. Like, you're sitting there playing, like, talking about, like, I don't know, like, Grand Theft Auto V. Like, if Lloyd Irving was there right now to put a cap on crime, how would he do it? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. That's a nice way to do it. Lloyd joined the force. <laughs> he's to stop all the to stop all the dirty cops. Tepeyala, uh, baby. I don't know what city that's. Metro City. Where are they? Where are they at? Is it San Andreas? There are a bunch of cities. There's, there's on the game, really. <laughs> okay, good. Then I, then I got is them all. Metro City Final Fight. <laughs> yeah, that's my final it is actually. So now we need we need GTA Final Fight. <laughs> we just have like Cody and Hagar just smashing up the street. That came up at some point. I forget. Me and my wife were talking about Final Fight, and I was like, "Yeah, I love that game because it's like the mayor, just like he's like, I'm gonna beat up everybody in this town, you know? Like, <laughs> you can play as the mayor." And, oh, that's right, because I was looking for yep. characters, uh, games with characters who are fathers, and she said, "What about Final Fight? Because you're Hagar to save his daughter." I and actually I thought like, about Hagar. I was like, yep. "Yeah," and it's not that yeah, he just takes to the street, but he also makes sure to rip off his shirt before he does so. I mean, does that make him like a <laughs> cool dad, or is he like, I don't know, like? Well, that makes, are you kidding me? Of course it makes him a cool day. I mean, you got kidnapped, and your dad was just like, you know what? I'm you saying, what? I'm saying, maybe he was. I'm just gonna do this. He was working too many long hours on the job, right? And then, and how did crime in Metro City get way out of hand? And you know, hey, well they they addressed it in the game. The force got corrupt. Well, you're and right. I, the third boss was EDE. I shouldn't be so critical of, of his uh, of his work. You know, I, I don't I don't know him, and I I don't live in Metro City. <laughs> I mean, well, and he was putting so much of an emphasis on his Feed the Hungry campaign right. of a chicken in every trash can <laughs> so that I, he just you know, he didn't have time. I guess. Yes! <laughs> a diamond in every pot and a chicken in every trash can. And All right, we gotta move on. That's too stupid. We need Bruce Irons in here. so man. funny. Uh, Pernell, what's your first track of the night? I can't top that, man. Just a can. Chicken in every trash can. Chicken. Well, let's see what I got. Um... I guess I'll start with this one because I feel like this is a very unsung father in video gaming, <laughs> and of all the options I could have gone with, you know, the you know, Last of Us, God of War, da, 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 had to go back to this classic. This is the game Earthbound. The title track of the, t- the title of this track is "Buy Something, Will Ya?" Composed by Hirokazu Tanaka and Kiichi Suzuki.
Welcome back. You're listening to Buy Something, <laughs> will ya? From the game Earthbound for the Super Nintendo, composed by Hirokazu Tanaka and Keiichi Suzuki. Um, Rob, in his, <laughs> in his disparaging wisdom, <laughs> was so confused as to why the world <laughs> would you, Purnell, choose this track as your own. No, no, it's just that you were like, you were like, I'm into this track. And I'm like, I don't know if it sounds like a Purnell track. You know, there's... And it's not like, you know, super duper fast with, you know, anime, you know, girls screaming in the background. That's, Buy that's something bigger! Buy something now! There you go. Hey, just, just throw that in there as a loop and we're covered. Okay. Sure. <laughs> but then I'll do Odyssey, though. Jokes aside, the Earthbound OST as a whole is very different from what you would expect across the board. Yeah, that's and cool. that's also a large part of what makes it special to me. Um, and this track, it's just a nice shop jingle that plays when you go to different drugstores and depots and shopping malls, or wherever the heck you're going to buy baseball bats, frying pans, trash, burgers, fries, shakes, skip sandwiches, whatever your heart desires, <laughs> this jam is playing over your shopping choices. Um, but why would I pick this track on an episode devoted to fathers? Well... I feel as though the most one of the most unsung care hero characters in all of gaming is actually Ness's father, who you actually never see in the game. Ness's dad is represented by a telephone mm. because you have to call him on the phone in order to save your game. And whenever you call him, the reason why you never see him is because he's always at work. The entire time you're on your adventure, Ness's dad's at work. Making money. And he's <laughs> giving that money to you by way of ATM deposits. I so, like, yeah, it's very real. Like, it made, made, it's like, it, it, I think, I feel like they tried to make the world even more real within the game. So they're like, your father's a salary man who's like never home. So, yep. he's, so your father is really only the telephone. But they made, they incorporated that into a, as a mechanic into the game. Which is, is amazing, too, because when yeah. you literally have on the table, like, from a game mechanics perspective, the money you earn is, ba- you earn is based on the enemies you fight. As in, you fight an uh, evil rambling mushroom, he's probably worth $25. and But you don't get the money until you call your father to learn that he deposited the money into your bank account. Now, even though, obviously, mechanically, Ness is earning the money from fighting enemies... From the actual thematic standpoint, your dad is bankrolling your entire adventure. <laughs> and there's something to be said about that, because yes, the children are out there fighting evil with their psychic powers and big bottle rockets and poo. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you didn't have anybody cutting you those checks, you wouldn't be getting very far, because you can only eat so many trash can hamburgers before you need some kind of tetanus shot. So, uh... Are you saying yeah, there, there was a flaw? There's a flaw in Hagar's like grand plan for the city. Oh, you know, there was totally a flaw. <laughs> the thing about it is that I think the whole reason why those guys didn't get sick was because they ran on adrenaline for the entire adventure. But yeah. once the game was over, the the daughter was saved and the mad gear was shut down. Oh, they got sick. <laughs> they were behind city hall puking. <laughs> And the daughter was so confused, yep. like, I don't understand what's going on. You just took, like, 15 bullets from that guy. You're <laughs> sick now? Well, you need a trash can turkey. <laughs> you don't know. Oh, you need a trash can turkey. <laughs> the things we dealt trash with can the turkey. same you. You don't know, girl. Chandeliers <laughs> on your head. Flaming Molotov cocktails. Oh, no. Trash can turkey. 
It'll mess you up. <laughs> that's the slogan. That's just that's <laughs> that's just re-election slogan. That's perfect. <laughs> it just barely fits on a street sign as you're, as you're driving down the road. You see that on the <laughs> Hagar, the rest of it. trash can turkey. Then you keep driving. You see another sign. It will mess you up. Or right, just keep going. And just, or I will mess you up. And I just picture the guy driving, nodding his head in agreement, like it sure will. It sure. Will. I don't know what the artwork for today's episode is going to be, but it's going to have Hagar in it somewhere. Eating a turkey. Eating turkey. From the, the, the turkey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> From the tray. <laughs> oh man, Fernell, I'm really glad you picked this song. It's great. I actually almost went with um, Doctor Andonuts theme, uh, Jeff's dad. Oh yeah. But he's he's kind of a crappy dad. Like when <laughs> when you go to see him and you have Jeff in your party, he actually talks about how Jeff wets the bed sometimes. <laughs> like and you can just like just tell us new you knew if it weren't like a like a sixteen bit sprite based game, Jeff would be like, Dad. Is, like they make it pretty clear in the game that Jeff has trouble making friends, Aww. and like Ness mm-hmm. and Paul are like his first good friends, mm-hmm. and his dad's like, my son pisses himself. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. Well, and he like he dropped him off at this boarding school that's in the same country that he's in. He's like just on the other side of the island in his lab. He could go see Jeff anytime, but he apparently hasn't seen him for like years and years. So I'm like, I'm not gonna honor <laughs> this guy with a song. But I was sad because I wanted to play something from Earthbound, and then you found a way, and this is a great yeah. song. Yes. So. See, I feel good now. <laughs> see, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna tap my chest for that. All right, so so my first track is so I didn't when I first thought of this theme, this game immediately came to mind, but then it was so dark in its theme, and <laughs> again the game's theme that I thought maybe I shouldn't. But then I listened to the soundtrack again, and then I remembered how beautiful the music is in this game, and I I think it's sh- we've never played it on the show before. It really should be represented. Um, the game is called Papa and Yo. Uh, which, uh, which means father and I. Um, it's composed by uh, Brian. I'm uh, <laughs> Brian, but it's definitely Brian D. Olivieri. Um, and this is called Lula's Resurrection. I'll talk more about the game when we get back. But um, in reminding myself about the game, I just got really sad. So I'm just gonna play the music. It's called Lula's Resurrection from Papo and Yo by Brian D. Olivieri.
And we're back. You're listening to Lula's Resurrection from the game Papo and Yo, composed by Brian D. Oliviere. And yeah, I had to pick this this track from this game because I mean it is about I mean you play um, a young kid who discovers a, a, a fantastical world in his city that's populated by a giant monster that's just awful and goes off onto a wild anger terrifying rage when it eats too many of these like uh, green fruit items in the city and it's kind of like a puzzle game where you're sort of uh, uh, manipulating this giant monster so that you can get through the city and so that you can get things done Um, but the game does not make any allusions to how strong of a metaphor it is for that is your father who is drinking and doing terrible things the fruit is the alcohol um, and the the city and what he's seeing is how the child is able to escape in his mind and so he's creating these adventures in his head um, and it's all about how he's trying to manage his father's kind of rages and alcoholism so that he can kind of escape f- from that life but it gets it gets worse and worse and worse um, so this is uh, Lula's resurrection Lula is his toy robot um, that is uh, in the game become comes alive and sort of like directs him on where to go in the city um, uh, at, at one point in the game he's destroyed and then they find a play they find a way to uh, to resurrect and there's like a shop that like fixes fixes the, the robot up and it's sweet but it's also terrifying at the same time um, uh, the end of the game it tells you for sure exactly what's going on Um it seems heavy-handed, but like I feel like it's more important that the uh, that the game developer, the game's designers, um, are upfront about what you're experiencing. But what killed it, what absolutely made me so mad, was after like about ten hours, I couldn't put this thing down. I felt like I had to see it through. It was like watching a horrible Law and Order episode that like you like that had like the most disgusting, <laughs> terrible things happening, and you had to watch it to the end just for some kind of resolution. And that it had iced tea. Yeah, there was if iced tea was in this game, it'd be completely different. But no, if you get to the end, and it was like finally like a little bit of a release, a little bit of a resolve. I felt like I, I just experienced this this person's like autobiography, and we get to the end of it, and it's like, oh, we gonna play New Game Plus and discover all the secrets? No, and I'm like, no, who would do that? <laughs> you want to discover more pain? Get the well, hell out of here! Play this game again. Let's like like what? Man, you don't that's... you don't want replay? You don't want replayability in a game where you're like trying to escape your abusive father. Like it's just it makes it. I, I was a little upset about that. I mean, I don't. I have a feeling that was not intended. Maybe it was. That like, does seem a little bit tone deaf. Yeah, but Very um, tone deaf. But the music is is incredible. It's got these uh, uh these these <clears throat> these uh classical guitar sounds. Um, the rhythm gets really good when 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 you're in these tense situations like the. Like the rhythm section and the drums get really loud. It's so cool. I really encourage anyone who, if you have the energy <laughs> to check this out, it's on um, the streaming service on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good. It's very hard to, to see. Um, it cuts close to the bone if you have anything like that in your past. So it's just a little bit of a trigger warning there. Um, I got a feeling this is probably yeah. going to cut into my end remember at the end of the show, but <clears throat> it's worth noting now because I think it fits, which is to say that um, I know you earlier you were like, man, I picked this track is kind of a complete, you know, opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum compared to the ones you guys picked. Yeah. But the thing about it is that 
I actually think it's a very brilliant pick because a lot of times when shows like ours and other mediums tend to discuss, you know, parenting and fatherhood and motherhood even, it's always, you know, the positive end of the spectrum. You know, my dad bought me ice cream on Fridays and we played Star Soldier on the NES. It was a great time, you know, blah, blah, but, but at the same time, not everybody is so fortunate to have such, you know, childhood. And though it does suck that that was the case, it is something that should be acknowledged. One, not just to, you know, validate that those people had those experiences, but also it goes a long way to show that, you know, you know, you ever hear people say things like, you know, you know, well, you're doing a good job as a father. And then someone will respond with, well, of course you are. It's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a good dad. Well, yeah, you're supposed to be a good father. And your dad is supposed to be good to you, but not everybody is that fortunate. So despite the fact that that statement is true, it is worth valuing the fact that you do have a good father and you do have a good relationship with your father if you do. And if you don't, you are not forgotten and people do know you exist and we acknowledge your experience. It's not under the rug in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I should say, just... Very good my, word. Anyone who's close to me is listening should know that no, my 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 childhood was was great. <laughs> it was it was fine. My 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 relationship with my father was difficult, um, but it was nothing like this. <laughs> it was it was it was great. Um, my parents were really they did they did everything in the world for us, um, you know. So, and they cared. I think about my us dad much. was closer to the earthbound dad. Honestly, he oh, did yeah. stuff with us, but man, he's been. Lot of time at work. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. I think that that was like a. I'm not sure if that was like a, that was like a 90s thing or not, but definitely like the latchkey kid 90s thing, like hardcore for sure. I still like. I think it's funny. I always wanted to save something like this for later in the show, but it's a funny little jitty. Like my dad spent a lot of time at work. Uh, he worked as a chef for a high-end restaurant. Um, of course, you know back then. Just because it was a high-end restaurant and he was a chef doesn't mean it paid well. It just means that people spent well. Um, but while working there for crazy hours, he learned how to make some very extravagant dishes, the kind of stuff that I wish I could create. Let me tell you something. People would love the kind of dishes that my dad used to make at work. However, whenever it was time, those rare times where he was actually home and my mom was at work or out somewhere and he was watching us, we were all like, dinner time, dad's cooking. Let's see what crazy dish he's going to prepare for us. We got so excited. And here comes the hot dogs and baked beans. <laughs> Who's ready? Let's stay <laughs> off, man. He's not going brown sugar in this bag. He's <laughs> just like, where's the, sh- where's the filet mignon, Dad? Where's the shrimp rangoon? I'll, like, I'll say gotta- that was like that at my house until my dad discovered the Food Network and got really into like those celebrity chefs like Emeril Lagasse. And then suddenly, like every Sunday night, it was like something crazy my dad wanted to try. And that Corn was on the cob, but he put some cayenne in it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was like a <laughs> stew or something. It was good. It was really good. <clears throat> my dad had a handful of things. He didn't cook a lot, but there were a couple of things. He made awesome nachos. He made really good omelets. And so whenever he would make, make any of those things, I would always get super excited. Cool. But, um, 
and uh, yeah, I had a good relationship with him growing up as well. He um, he had a lot of baggage. Uh, I have a couple of half siblings from his uh, previous marriages that did not go well when he was younger. So he's actually quite a bit older than I am. He's going on eighty now, um, which is older than a lot of I think our generation's dads. Um, but he uh, he was always really good to me. Um, I think because he felt like he had something to prove to himself at that point, um, and even with some of the like inner turmoil that he had. He never channeled that toward me, so I was always kind of grateful to him for that. I, I didn't even see it until I was much older. And um, we had a good enough relationship that now, even though we argue about just about everything when it comes to politics, we can still actually sit down and have a conversation about those things. Yeah. So yeah, can't really, I, I have can't a, really get much better than that. Around that age. So. Father-in-law around that age that's very, uh, very similar, strained conversations around that topic. <laughs> Something about that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's painful. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting, like, the politics thing. I feel like you two are on the opposite end of the parent politics, you know, argument or back and forth. Whereas in my case, I think my father and I are on the same page with politics from a general perspective. But the thing about it with he and I is that, and as Rob can attest to, I can get very, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't, critical. I'll get very critical of things. So like, even though I'll say, I, I'm okay with this individual or this situation, I'll still be like, however, you need to acknowledge these negative aspects because you don't want to give me you know, whatever. But I'll talk to my dad like that. He's like, you can't say that. This is perfect. Everything's perfect. Nothing is wrong. Just mm -hmm. support. I'm like, no. Yep. You have to do the whole... Like, we got to talk about everything, Dad. Sit down, boil some baked beans and hot dogs. We got to talk about this. Let's go. Let's go. You know, but uh, I I do like that as I think I think I'm okay with that in a sense because it gives me that beat my head against the wall challenge of convincing my father or something like 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 you guys described too. But same time, you know, at least I'm thankful he's not like telling me something I'm like Dad, the hell, man, <laughs> what are you doing? Chill out with that. Yeah, I have to go with yep. that. I'll do that. All right, well, let's, uh, let's run things back around. We're back to you, Mr. Bedroth, for your second track of the evening. Or our evening. Right, and for my second listeners track. Listeners listen to the show whenever they feel like. That's right, that's right. As uh, Shukapau always tells me, I always want to end my show with, uh, you guys have a great night. And he's like, Dad, they could be like listening to this in the morning or like <laughs> on, a, on a drive or whatever. It's <laughs> a good reminder, honestly. Shut up, kid. <laughs> Have a solid period of the day so, or evening. <clears throat> so I um, settled on a track from Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. And I don't know, um, actually, I do know where this track came from. So. I had a different set of tracks, and then I remembered, you know what, I really would kind of like to play something with Fire Emblem, because I remember there's some really good, like, fatherhood moments in the series, uh, with um, most recently in um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, one of the, uh, you know, like, one of the tank characters early on is actually your dad, um, who's like this major, like, knight who fell away from the church, but I'm not going to get into it, because it's a really, really long story. Then, of course, there's Krom from Fire Emblem Awakening, um, who is... The main main character, but also the dad to like the secondary protagonist, and so I thought about doing something from one of those, but then that led me back to this track, and I liked it so much I actually bumped another track for this one, um, 
This song is, it plays in one of the cutscenes when Ike, who is, of course, the main character in Path of Radiance and a major character in Radiant Dawn, is sort of having to take charge of this mercenary band for one of the first Real times. Mercenaries. Uh, the mercenary band that was founded by his father, Grail, uh, for whom the mercenaries are named. And uh, the track is called His Father's Son. And it took me a while to find this composer uh, because she is not one of the five main composers listed on the credits. But after doing a little bit of digging, I did determine that this song was composed by a longtime Fire Emblem series composer, uh, Yuka Sujioko. Listening to his father's son from Path of Raisin, Path of Raisin, Path of Path, Path of, of the Raisins, Raisins. Path of Raisins. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in. Uh, we're listening to his father's son from Path of Radiance, composed by Yuka Sujioko. Now it's picked by Bedrock. This is nice. I love, I love the instrumentation in this track, man. This is good. This came out of a GameCube band. Like this is really good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, I was uh, saying while we were listening, um, I love Fire Emblem, Path of Radiance, and and Radiant Dawn. They're especially Radiant Dawn. They're really hard, but the stories in these games are just just super super good. Um, I've already rambled a lot this episode, uh, really briefly. So Grail is Ike's dad in uh, Path of Radiance, and he was one of the like big time like head knights. He was like part of this like a group of four knights that like supported the royals of this kingdom and 
then at some point there was some bad business with like a magic medallion and ah, all been his there. grail's wife was able to like hold the medallion because she was pure of heart or whatever and so it couldn't corrupt her but then he grabbed it one day and it went he went into this like berserker rage and killed a bunch of people and so then he had to go into exile and that's how he became like a mercenary band leader instead of like a knight of the kingdom and now that whole situation is Ike's sister now carries that pendant and Grail is always telling Ike to stay away from it but at the same time he's like his mentor um I actually think this song might play early on in like a skirmish that you do with uh, Ike leading a band mm-hmm. against Grail and there's some really really cool father son like moments and dynamics and just kind of a uh, little tough love uh, teaching him the ropes of like being a military leader and this song really just encapsulates that whole part of the game for me. It's got that nostalgic. I love feel that. It does it. have a kind of almost like a yeah early game kind of tutorial kind of feel to it, where it's like it's a, it's it sounds important, but it doesn't sound like you're going to get whomped by a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the whole game is kind of about Ike coming of age and growing into his father's cool. shoes, and um, so. I liked this. I ended up liking this better than either anything from uh, Awakening or Three Houses. I just, it felt right. I can't make that comment because I haven't played my copy of Three Houses and I sucked at Awakening because, spoilers, Purnell used the cursed nightmare mode and it backfired on him. Anyway, let's um, uh, let's count the how many times that that's backfired on Purnell. Twice. <laughs> twice. twice. Only, only twice. Twice. And we'll never speak of it again. Anyway. <laughs> Fathom <laughs> Radiance, uh, it's not the first Fire Emblem game that I played. However, it is the first Fire Emblem game that I really got into and right, really came into enjoy. Like, I played it from beginning to end. Obviously not one sitting, but it was one of those rare times where I'll play a game, turn it off, leave, you know, do about my day, come home the next day, you know, do it all over again until it's done. Like I just kept coming back because mm-hmm. I was I was drawn to it. Um and I honestly, I like. I think a lot of the relationship with the Greal mercenaries was a large part of what kept me going there. I like their whole, their whole dynamic. And it just, it's such a darn good game, it's such a good game. Yeah, got, it really is. For know, my money, yeah. it's the best one in the series. Is I know it, uh, it only on GameCube, or if I had a Switch, could I play it on Switch too? The last, only on the GameCube, but mm. you technically could. Well, not on the Switch. Not on the Switch. I just realized. No, you have to. It has to be the Wii at the least. The Wii or the Wii U. Couldn't play it on Switch though. At least. I mean, Ed could probably figure out a way to like get it on the Switch for you somehow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, maybe with the magic. But uh, we'll ask Father. Father yeah, Ed Wilson. But, <laughs> I don't know why Nintendo is still sitting on this. They could just like make bank if they released like a Radiant collection with Path of Radiance and Radiant Give Dawn. Give it time. In it. They're still fumbling at Mario Especially with some quality of life improvements. <laughs> They're still having know, trouble right? with that. Well, they, so. they have other uses for the Fire Emblem characters. They throw them into Smash Brothers, right? That's More right. swords. Someone say swords. 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 Slash action. All right. So, Pranel, why don't you go ahead with your next track? All right. I was torn on picking from this game, but in the end, I kind of just decided to go with it because normally if I would pick from this game, it would likely be a boss theme that is used, but not this time because I didn't think it would be very fitting, (laughs) but I am going to still go with it. So this game is called Dead Rising 2, and the track title is called Fortune's Delight, and it's composed by Olishka Lozochuk. 
welcome back. Yeah. You just chilled and relaxed to Fortune's Delight from the game Dead Rising 2, composed by Olishka Lozachuk. And if you've never played Dead Rising, and you hear the title, and then hear this track, you are probably very confused right now as to what the heck this is doing in this game, and why would I pick it? What the heck, dude? This song is so... All I'm thinking is that that's just a fantastic song, man. Yeah. It is a good one. Like, honestly... It was so good. It's so... And believe it or not, it doesn't seem fitting at first. But it actually does work with the game because, for those not in the know, the premise of Dead Rising 2 is uh, you are playing as a man named Chuck Green, who is a motorcyclist, who, and honestly, I don't remember the 100% like if his job was, no, he was, he was an entertainer, motorcyclist, yep. and um, he worked on a show to earn money, like a Daredevil show of sorts, to earn money in order to... Uh, Las Vegas show, but the sh- Las Vegas in this game is called Fortune City. Um, and he worked on this show, Daredevil show, to earn money to buy something called Zombrex for his daughter. Zombrex is a medication in this game's universe that halts, temporarily, halts a zombie infection virus that people were contracting due to contact with zombies. So, he was basically spending the entire game fighting through hordes of zombies once, you know, the pandemic broke out in the mall, um, or in Fortune City. He spent the entire game fighting through hordes of zombies and monsters and psychopathic humans to find a way out, but also to constantly locate and deliver doses of Zombrex for his sick daughter. Hmm. And as you progress through this mall, or through this place, through these casinos and these restaurants, rather than give you this rockin' soundtrack or whatever, which they did reserve, in fact, for the boss fights, they let you listen to what you'd actually hear if you were walking through a lobby at a hotel, which would be something like this. Yeah, I really like or that. Or, like, if you were at, like, a, a faux American rodeo restaurant, it was, like, like rodeo. It was, like, there, 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 You know, it, it hit all those kinds of, like, thematic notes in a way that I just, I forever appreciate. And due to the fact that you spend so much of your time in this game fighting through zombies through food courts and you know mall hallways and such just to deliver this medication to your kid before the clock runs up you're hearing music like this constantly (laughs) it is both soothing and frustrating because you want the journey to be done you want the kid to be healed and you want to go beat the tar out of a yeah. Psychopath pushing a shopping cart fitted with slab with saw blades. But it's one of those like crazy games where you, it's like open world where you can like run into shops and like you pick up like children's clothes and you try to put them on and you can put like like weird helmets. Oh, no, you and, don't try. You put you them succeed. on. You just do it. And so you're like, <laughs> so you run back. You're like, you're like just minutes to spare to get the medication to your daughter, and you're like, <laughs> you're like wearing like a superhero outfit with like no shoes. And like a weird like monkey mask on your face, and you're like, your daughter, father's here for you, and no one's no one's confused or concerned yeah. about why you're dressed like a like and, a psychopath. And then yourself. you're gone for hours again. You come back, you're covered in blood, and you're like, you're wearing a diaper and you're carrying a rattle, and you're like, I got to eat the Zombrex. <laughs> <laughs> and you're chugging a giant pitcher of orange juice for some reason. Yeah, that's the only way to get without health. Without the bloat. Without the bloat. <laughs> 
Wow, what a crazy game. I don't know about you guys, that's what this song makes me think of. A giant, bloody, diaper-wearing dude. <laughs> 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 I didn't realize the, uh, some of the music that uh, was uh, performed by Cell Dweller, so... Um, oh, yeah, that, and it's funny, too, sense. because, like, I know of one track from Cell Dweller in the game. It plays during the boss fight with the psychotic chef Antonio. Surprise, he's cooking humans and zombies. Um, but uh, there's also a track, there was the instrumental version of it that plays... And that track is what I'm used to hearing in Pump It Up. So oh, I was kind of shocked okay. to realize that it was also in Dead Rising 2. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey. I've heard some of the music. I was like, oh, this is like that kind of like that like early 2000s like rap rock type sound. I'm like, oh, Cell Dweller. That all, it all tracks together now. <laughs> was the composer here by any chance? Oh, I think Rob played a little at least because he had a good description. But Bedroth, have you played any Dead Rising 2 or Dead Rising 1? I have not. Um, was it ever out on any Nintendo systems? <laughs> uh, actually, yes. Um, though people really? looked at it as being probably one of the more inferior ones because of the tech at the time. Um, Dead Rising 1 got a Wii, a Wii port. Mm. That really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So if it was like your only way to try it, it might still be worth giving it a shot on the Wii. But the big concern it had was that due to the Wii's mm-hmm. power compared to the Xbox 360 at the time, Yes. There was concern about yeah. how many zombies could be populated on the screen at one uh, time. Oh yeah, because it was a lot. It was yep. huge. I've only I've never, I've only ever seen let's plays of the game to be honest. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember some frame rate issues back then with the uh, the Wii hardware. Um, but yeah, as a lot of my listeners know, I'm kind of famously uh, I'm limited to Nintendo consoles because of both money and time constraints. We just don't, I just don't have enough time oh, to. Yeah spread it out. My golden years are going are gonna to be full of things like uh, Bioshock and God of War and <laughs> um, Shadow of the Colossus and all the other stuff that I haven't gotten to play yet because I don't oh, have systems, Honestly, so. <laughs> my logic behind that is if you still have a library to get through, you can be playing exclusively Super Nintendo. It doesn't freaking matter. As long as you have yep. games to play and you're <laughs> enjoying them, save your money. You don't have to feed the machine. Then you have the psychopaths like me. What is the protagonist's name in this game? Um, Chuck Green. Yeah, that's a, Chuck Green. That's a blue What's singer, the one right? with... Uh, I get all these zombie games mixed up. The one with... Is his name Frank West? Frank it's West a is a photographer. He's the first one, right? Yes, he's yeah. the first one. He's like... And the big joke about him, the, the common thing you hear people say, is like, I cover wars, you know? Gotcha. Yep. I've seen him in some crossover stuff before, like the Marvel vs. Yeah, Capcom yeah, and stuff right. like that. So that's... That's my connection with this series. I, I know a little bit through uh, through Frank West. He's also, if you have a DS, so I, he's in uh, get the Project Cross Zone, too. Yes, yeah, man, that was a crazy... <laughs> Everybody's getting down. Uh, it was a... Yep, that was a weird game. It was super fun, though. Alright, so... Rob's like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I've only ever seen it through a, a Let's Play. It's, uh, the, the Game Grumps, game grumps play through the whole thing, and Honestly, if I ever need a good laugh, I just watch that series because it's so they're so stupid. <laughs> they they take their time. They never learn how to play the game properly. They just they just die a lot. It's very good. Um, right. I love that about them. They do that so much. Yeah, they don't it's... even bother reading the instructions. They <laughs> they're just hilarious try to, to watch play. Like I, I would, you know, if I were you know ten. All right, so <laughs> uh, my last track, I am <laughs> I'm torn between two. I'm gonna pick the one I know most about, still having had played it. This is Shower With Your Dad Simulator 2015. 
Um, the composer <laughs> is unknown, but this is um, high. This is a high energy, action packed game about showering with your dad. Um, this, uh, <laughs> yeah, the track is called the Uduro Dad, which is one of the um, one of the game modes. And let's listen to it. The, the composer is unknown. I think it might be the developer, but I'm not sure who the developer is at this at this moment. going on with the with the special attack moves or whatever and now this episode has me thinking like a cool father what would a cool father-son combo attack be um and the simpsons oh, arcade game yeah. right you can have like the combo attack of like homer and bart would they do? <laughs> yeah i think bart would sit on my homer's shoulders one of my favorite arcade memories is i would pl- i was i was playing that game at a uh it was called a Peter Piper pizza. It's kind of like Chuck E. Cheese, but okay. it's different. You know, it, same type of thing, though. And yeah, three nice. other people came over. We were all playing the Simpsons machine. And at one point, we just stopped in the action so that we could see what all the different combinations were. If everybody, like, did their special with the other person. Mm-hmm. It was super cool. We really totally, totally in sync. Oh, wow. It was a lot of fun. I never, I never knew I they were. we actually ended up beating it that time, which was also really cool. Bart and Lisa was the best combo, though. Yeah, when I was a kid, I never, I never saw the the combination moves like, until I saw it in the attract mode, and I was like, "How do we do that?" And of course, I never figured Gotta it stand out. next to each other, and <laughs> then Bart yep. and Lisa will throw a tantrum. <laughs> All right, we are back. You're listening to Uduro Dad from Shower with Your Dad Simulator 2015. You find uh, this the... weird mess, man. What? <laughs> Shower with your I, I dad. I've heard of this yeah. game before. Have y'all talked about this on the show before? <laughs> we, we might have talked about it. so like the 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 game is like like um it's just like it's it's kind of like a a match a match game where it's kind of three-dimensional it's very very pixelated and you're trying to find your dad in the in the correct shower stall and so based on like your skin tone and your hair you have to find the right father 
<laughs> and so, so you don't want to walk into the wrong stall because that would be awkward. <laughs> and you walk into the wrong dad. So it's so, but like it just constantly changes, like who you are, yeah, who they because are, it's who less you are, awkward. who they are. <laughs> yeah, but so like it's clearly the premise was like, okay, you just match shapes and match colors, match shapes, match colors. But instead, let's make let's make them like naked people, and you're in a shower, and you have to go to the right dad. And so, if you go to the wrong dad, it's like wrong dad, and you're like, oh. It's so really we got. Silly. So Rob brought angry, angry parent, and creepy parent. It's not creepy. It's not creepy. It's normal, dude. Yeah, that's creepy. It's not creepy. <laughs> hey, there's lots wrong of things dad. that are normal in Europe that are not normal over here, sir. No, it's Rob, just, it's just Europe like you're dad. just trying to find your Indeed. dad. It's just, it's just sad, you know. He's lost. He's lost. If he happens to be lost in a shower. Disclaimer: so I don't want to alienate your Can't European see where he's going. I am from yeah, Texas, so take what I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> oh my god! I guess the last track's gonna be like skateboarding dad. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's cool dad, right? Cool, cool skateboarding dad is what's gonna be at the end here. Mm-hmm. My dad did a double ollie, six eighty somersault flip kick <laughs> with a twist. Um, no, yeah, it's Tony Hawk's pro skater because he is the ultimate dad, right? Mm-hmm. All right. My dad broke right. all of his bones. All right, so I'm going to turn this track down, and we are going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Dad! I can't find the bonus round! <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. Bonus round. There, there you go. Bonus <laughs> round, brought to you by <laughs> Nabisco. Uh, bonus round is uh, the, uh, the... I almost said the bonus round is cookies. The bonus round <laughs> is the part of the show where we play arrangements and remixes based on our theme and then i realized i probably should have written down what i'm going to say because i'm not talking correctly <laughs> um so this is uh, arrangements and remixes based on our theme um that we do at, at the end of every show and we'll go to you bedroth uh what did you find for us today sir okay well first of all honorable mention i almost went with a song called The Ballad of Jeff, which is by one of my favorite YouTube uh, parody artists uh, who goes by the name of Brental Floss. I'm sure many, many of y'all have heard yeah, of him. Yeah. Uh, he was most well-known for his like comedy video game songs, but The Ballad of Jeff is actually a pretty straight shooting song about how it would have felt to be Jeff in Earthbound, like growing up with this distant oh. dad in winters. And it's really, really cool. Um, so I like it a lot. Recommend it. But instead, I was inspired by a game that I actually just recorded an episode about with Shukapau and my daughter, who goes by Dusklight, um, and that is hmm. Undertale. <clears throat> so when I mention Undertale, anybody who has played it will know that I am probably going to play the theme for Asgore, who is not only the dad of one of the pivotal characters in the game, but also the final boss, sort of, depending on what mode you're playing in and how it goes. Anyway, um, we'll get into that after the track, but this is Asgore, the Akatos remix. Uh, she is the remix artist. I think it's she, he, she, they. This is based on Bergen Trucking and Asgore by Toby Fox, originally from Undertale.
this is like the most remixed soundtrack on on YouTube. It's it's crazy. It really it's really popular. I mean, I I'm sure that within the context of the game itself, there's there's a good reason why it's very popular. But I haven't gotten there yet, so I will. Um, you've been listening to the Asgore Akatos remix, um, composed by Toby Fox and remixed by Akatos. 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 Um, and that was Bedroth's tune, dude. This was. Awesome! I really, really love the energy in this track. <laughs> Actually, the other uh, to the synth section, or like the the the, list, the lead synth section, like halfway through, had kind of like a, I don't know, it had like the, the rhythm like kind of jumped, it got like, like like half bluesy for a second there, and then it just came right back in. It was really cool. I, I like what it did. I think that's a testament to the original composition mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Toby Fox has some real, real musical chops and melds. It's funny because the game is like a. A mishmash of different genres like JRPG and visual novel and bullet hell and platformer and different stuff. And musically, he can do the same thing where he just kind of goes in and out of these different styles. And I thought this remixer did a really good job of definitely like making it their own. This is obviously like a techno dance, you know, beat drop mix but it still stays true to like the original feel. I first found this through uh, Game Chops, which I think wasn't that started by uh, yeah, DJ yeah, Cutman? Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So region um, drop in there. Region yeah. drop. Yeah, he's from, our, he's from our town. We own him. No, no, no. He's yeah. We, so obviously a high pedigree yeah. there, but yeah, this is a really great tune. Yeah, game chops. What did you think, Pernell? Yeah. Oh, I was, I was down. Like I was getting my head bop on. At one point, I even brought up the thought to ask, like, how similar is this to the original track? Because if the original was even like still like dancey esque, though, just not this type, I'd have been very surprised. But I like this. This is good stuff. You brought the thunder, sir. Thunder. <laughs> Thank you. And since the two of you have not played through it, I'm I'm not going to go into a whole great lot of detail. But one of the pivotal characters in this game is a young uh, goat monster boy named Azrael. And his dad, uh, he's the prince of the underground where all the monsters live. And Asgore is his dad. So he's like this big like ram headed dude with a giant trident and he's not evil but he's very powerful and he's very determined and um the two the the song just really encapsulates him and he's driven by both a feeling of protectiveness but also with a hint of vengeance for something that happened a long time ago and he's like uh, i don't know it's it's He's a very multifaceted like character, and I, I think that um, that's why I thought of him for the dad episode because that is kind of his defining characteristic is his relationship to Azrael and some of the other kid characters in the game. Hmm. But he also just like so many other characters in Undertale, he's such a strong character just in and of himself. So, oh, very cool. So basically, like what you're ultimately saying is we should. We should play the game, yeah. (laughs) I would highly recommend it. I personally, as a patron, I would bump up my tier to watch you guys play through this game on the Let's Play. That would be really cool. Yeah, we need to get on that, Pernell. Like, actually hear your reactions to it. While I'm taking notes, are there any other games you would want to see on a Let's Play? (laughs) Hmm. Uh, how about Fire Emblem Awakening on Nightmare Mode? <laughs> Do you hate me that much? We'll just, we'll just <laughs> Do you hate games. me that much? I thought we were friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> um, 
I don't know. Undertale would be my pick, but um, yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of my fellow patrons would would have some feedback mm. there. All right, so Pernell, what's maybe you can make first... that the next patron topic? Submit a song oh. from a game that you want to see us let's play. <laughs> maybe when maybe when we actually start start doing it, we'll 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 bring that around. Um, I don't well, want I mean, to get that, that, put the cart ahead of, of games, the horse on that one. Well, not necessarily. I mean, if you get a list of stuff people would want to see, then it's like you already know that by starting, you can already pick something that you'd at least have one audience member for. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so, but um, I, I like to do content first. That, that's my that's my ethos. You content mean, over. I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm like content. you, Rob. I like yeah. to be prepared. Um, all right, so Pernell, what's your bonus round pick? Well, I honestly felt that with the topic being about dads, I had to pick a track from one of the games that sparked a conversation that I would have with a friend where we were talking a lot about the rise of the dad game as we would call them. Dad games being games where they, the creators intentionally spark the paternal instinct in the player to make you want to like invest your energy harder because of the whole idea of protecting a child or helping a child in that regard. Um, this game was definitely the first for me that I was like, holy crap, I feel it, I feel it. Um, that game being Bioshock. Um, which you actually mentioned earlier in the episode, but draw funny enough. Um, this track I would love to play this a, game. It looks really cool. Yeah, I think you'll like it. If you've played FPSs at any point in life, then you'll love Bioshock. Um, this track is a cover to Cohen's masterpiece from the game. And it was composed, or rather covered, by an artist that goes under the name of A Ten Piano. Yeah, I tried... I, tried, I mean, this artist... Uh, arranger has a lot of information online um does a lot of um transcriptions of their work and you can download all of the sheet music and it's really really cool cannot find this person's real name so it's just at and piano <laughs> um no a 10 a 10 a 10 all right well let's listen
Welcome back. You are listening to the cover of Cohen's Masterpiece from the game Bioshock, covered by a tin piano. This, well, first of all, it may be a secret, honestly, but I am a, I am a huge fan of piano covers, um, more, even more so when it's a piano cover of an actual piano tune from a game. So this was kind of a no-brainer. But the other reason why I picked it in relation to the theme of the game is, like I mentioned earlier, related to the whole dad games bit. Um, I like the element of how this game hit me with that feeling. Because at first, it's not even about you being a father. You're just some guy who, whose plane goes down, and then you end up in this underwater city where crazy people are running around, hopped up on drugs. And uh, amidst all this, there are these girls with syringes running around with giant Fishmen, uh, men wearing giant suits, following them around, protecting them for some reason. And uh, the lore of the game has it so that these girls are actually kind of like charged with some drug, like a power psychokinetic drug called Atom, which the residents are really interested in seeking out. It gives them power. And uh, you, as the player, are able to basically defeat their guardians, the Big Daddy. And then take the girls and harvest the drug from within them, thereby killing them. If you wanted to go that route, because you know power and all that. But no, you don't want to do that because that's crazy. These are little girls. They're running around with syringes. You but don't want them. You don't want to hurt them. You want to take the syringes from them and send them home. But you're to, given the choice, though, right? You're given the choice exactly. Mm. And uh, though it's pretty obvious that by the end of the game, which is the better one from a gameplay perspective. Early on in the game, they make it pretty much well sound like, you know, harvesting the girls is more is the better play to get more power in the game and to do better. But despite that, I was like, no, no, no. It's one. It almost kind of went well with the Cornell's hard mode challenge. Like, no, go the harder route. Do the right thing. Save these kids. You know. <laughs> um, so it ended up happening was you play the game and you would still have to fight the big daddies because even though they were protecting the girls, they were protecting them just so they could harvest Adam from, you know, corpses and stuff. It wasn't a good job. It wasn't a good life for a little sister. Um, but once you defeat the big daddies and you liberate the girls, they become normal girls again. I'll be with a bit of power and they end up going back to this orphanage in the game. So what ends up happening when I go into all the kit and caboodle of the game, we'll be here all day. Um, at the end of the game, you ultimately de defeat the big bad, and the kid little sisters even help you do that. Um, and then when you escape the city, your main character actually adopts five of the little sisters. Um, I had to look up the total amount of them, because when I played through it, I thought he adopted every little sister, <laughs> which would have been nuts, but that just goes to show how big of a heart he would have had. Um, but it goes through this whole touching montage of him like taking care of all the little sisters and raising them like they were his own kids. And then when he dies, they're all standing by his bedside as adult women, hmm. like, mourning his loss. Like, it's this, it's a very touching, touching thing. Like, this guy shows up, unbeknownst to him, through a situation that was out of his control, fights through a madcap underwater city of, mad, of psychopaths, and then comes out with a family. Hmm. It's... And what, about, like, I, don't think that, I think that's one of the aspects of the bots that no one ever really talks about. What but if I think you, that's my favorite aspect of what it. What if you harvested the power from all of the the girls in the game? 
Well, basically, you don't get as... There's certain upgrades you don't get because the little girls have someone watching over them, so to speak, who wants to save them. But what I mean So is, by you saving the girl, she rewards you for not being a monster like other people in the uh, city. But if you don't save but them... But if you don't save them, you don't get those things. And you, The girls your, essentially die. And, then, um, and then your ending is different then, right? Yeah, it's different, but I'll never get it. Screw that. <laughs> I'll YouTube it someday, but I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> like, I'll be honest, there are games I play where, you know, like, a lot of games will be like, you know, you can be evil mm-hmm. or you can be good. And I, even though it's a video game with virtual choices with no real consequences, yeah, I have a lot of trouble being the bad guy in the game. I was playing Shin Megami Tensei Apocalypse, and there's a crucial moment in the game where you have to choose whether or not you want to abandon humanity and your friends to support, like, a god who honestly, for a number of ways... He's not really all that wrong with his approach. It's just, it's just how he is, how he approaches, how he came about it. You know, that's how he feels. But his desire to achieve that goal comes with at a malicious cost, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. now's the time. You have to choose. And I'm like, I can't do that. So I turn the game off, <laughs> to shut it off. And every time, I'm not even making this up. I go back. Is telling me I one thing. Up again. Was it? It's telling me, it's like, you gotta do it. Like, I don't wanna do it. I can't do it. But it's a, it's, it's a rough thing to do because, like, ultimately, I don't wanna betray my friends in the game. And I don't wanna doom humanity in the sense of all the good people that you meet throughout the game. Because you meet some horrible people in those games. But the good people who don't deserve that, you don't wanna hurt them. You don't wanna condemn them. So you're like, no, I won't go that route. But then at the end, it's like, yeah, make a choice. Like, the choice is to turn the game off. <laughs> wow! So rather than rather, rather than have to make that choice, you're like, I'm just gonna turn it off. And well, the thing about it, like, I've booted it back up multiple times and like in started what saying on it, and, like, and no. Undertale. Huh? <laughs> There's a lot of parallels in what you're saying and Undertale. Like you would, you're gonna love it when you do eventually play it because that's the the element of choice is like the pivotal thing in that game. It's something I've heard. Yeah, in, in, in every battle and every character, there's there's lots of choices that you can make. Um, yeah. All right, so my bonus round comes from a game where you have probably one of the most iconic fathers in video games, um, Kadamari Damasi, and your father is the king of the entire cosmos, yes. and you are just the prince <laughs> having to clean up his mess after a night of whatever he was doing, <laughs> destroying the cosmos. Um, so this is um, from another, this is from one of the earlier uh, Game Chops remix albums that I've heard. Uh, this is by DJ Joe, who's an incredible um, uh, uh, composer in, in, in his own right. Um, and this is the Roll Me In remix, one of my favorite songs from the original game, Kadamari Damasi.
Remixed by DJ Joe from Katamari Damasi. And yeah, that's one of my favorite remixes from that that album. Yeah, and uh, one of my ri- favorite original you can songs. Roll me all up game. in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's uh it's super, super cool. It's got it, re- it keeps some of that chill vibe, but then adds like these really heavy, cool, like bassy synth sounds. Um, I know Purnell was into that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, sure he was dancing. Oh, I was bumping it. Yeah. Fire, fire, fire. <laughs> it was bumping. All right. Um, so for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to all of these artists, uh, band camps and sound clouds and everywhere where you can go and buy this, buy this music, get this music and support the artists. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 24-7 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our look at the patriarchy. No, this is our uh, father, fatherhood, with Bedroth <laughs> from VGM, the Very Good Music Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We should coin it VGM Thank you guys Squared. for having me. It has been a blast. VGM Squared, there you go. Yeah, VGM <laughs> Squared. Um, so, yeah, yeah, this has been um, a good topic for some really, really good tunes. Uh, I feel like we've got a wide range of, of genres covered uh, covered today. Were there any other uh, honorable mentions that uh, either of you had in your uh, back pocket? I thought about dropping some sweet so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually trying to think. Like, I know Sweet Code was on the roster. Um, musically, I couldn't think of anything I wanted, but there was the God of War recent release because... Specifically because I felt that was an interesting release because up until that game, I genuinely and with much contempt hated the character Kratos. And though I don't like him <laughs> per se now, I did like the element of them like throwing that last bit of like, hey, you know, here's this guy trying to do like the right thing in his like worn torn, the end of his worn torn life or whatever. Um, but like I had that, of course, The Last of Us um, was good for the whole father, the dad game yep. bit. Um, sweet coding. I actually 
watched uh, or looked at a couple of different dad like lists of dads and games <laughs> to jog my memory for this. And Kratos was at the top of several of the ones I saw because of the latest God of War game. So I thought about Bowser, but I couldn't find a great track from a game when he was really like a dad that symbolized him. I guess I could have gone with something from Mario Sunshine, but or you know Bowser. If the Koopalings really are his kids, which apparently there is some debate about, you know he's he's quite quite the dad. You know, he I gave mean, each yeah. of them a magic wand and a kingdom. <laughs> I guess he is the father figure to the Koopa kids, but he could also be the father figure to Mario and Luigi. I mean, they're out there alone in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, stomping him. They're the I only... Mean, yeah. Are they the only I humans? I mean, game. are the... Right? They're the only humans. I mean, I always thought well, that Princess Peach was a human. human until the whole Peachette thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's just like a humanoid fungus creature. <laughs> that, that, I, mean, I, I actually made a Facebook post about that two days ago to the year when they announced Peach or Toadette and you know Peachette, and I was like, this just ruined my mind with the Mario mythos because up until now I just assumed that Princess Toadstool was a literal humanoid who just happened to rule over this kingdom of mushrooms, and now we've learned that she's just a mushroom with a crank. <laughs> You know, I wonder, uh, Rob, you and I both, I think, almost brought something from the game Octodad, uh, Dadliest Cat, yeah, actually, the sequel. that's right. There's some really great music in that game, and uh, none of it actually ended up on the I episode, know. but I would encourage our listeners definitely to check out that soundtrack, because there's some really cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, I actually had two, I had two tracks um, picked from that episode. I almost, I almost went into the bonus round, because the theme song is super funny. Um, but then I ended up wanting to go mm-hmm. with Katamari just because I, I I just really like Katamari. <laughs> I and I, I had to do that Fire Emblem track after I found it, so Octodad went by. If my memory's correct, I think I could have thrown a track on here from Odin's here too, actually. Oh, that's right. Hmm. So like, that's the thing, like, like I said, like usually it just becomes a matter of like just thinking hard and realizing, oh, wait, wait, this game had a great father-son dynamic. This game had a great father something, but then I just beeline for certain like, This is the one. This yeah. is what I'm doing. Well, you, you, your mind gravitates towards where yeah. like the the music that you remember being really good. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, before That's we sign off here, uh, before we sign off here, uh, Bedroth, where can uh, our listeners find your show? So you can find me on. Uh, my podcast home is at anchor.fm slash vgmvgm. Uh, Anchor is a podcast hosting service that uh, more and more podcasters, I think, are using these days. It makes it really easy to start your own show if you're interested. Uh, I heard about it from Alex Messenger. Um, that's uh, what he uses for VGM Journey. So anchor.fm slash vgmvgm. You can also just go to YouTube and search um, Very Good Music VGM Podcast, and you'll find all of our videos. I do, um, in addition to posting videos of the episodes, I post uh, previews on odd weeks for the show that's coming up, like a little blurb about the upcoming thing. And we'll occasionally post announcements and things there as well. And for anybody who does check the show out and is interested in supporting us, you can find us on patreon.com slash vgmvgm. And I don't do a whole lot of social media. Uh, you can email me at verygoodmusicvgm at gmail.com. My co-host and son, Shoot Kapow, though, is on Twitter at Shoot Kapow, spelled like it sounds. So, yeah, we uh, 
the whole thing of our show is interaction, and we kind of like you guys. I was sort of inspired by y'all and how you really make the listeners a part of the experience, and that's mm-hmm. what I kind of aim for with our show. Once our listenership gets a little bit bigger, so definitely love to hear from anybody who has room in their life for another. Well, that's PTA great. We'll, we'll get the word out because I think it's a I think it's a good thing to keep keep growing uh, the community of people who want to keep creating interesting stuff. So. Um, and even if um, even if, if, if you're out there and you're thinking about um, wanting to create something too, but you're concerned about not being original or or having a format too similar to another show, it doesn't matter because whatever you do is going to be unique um, in your own voice. That's right. And your taste is yours. Yeah, and your voice is important um, to, to everybody to hear too. We all want to hear it. So um, so yeah, if you're thinking about the it, go for it. Super supportive. Now, with that Speaking said, however, if I go on one, if I listen to a podcast yeah. called the MGV Podcast, and I hear someone who claims to be Bedroth, that's clearly not Bedroth. <laughs> Let me know. Let me Let know. know. We know how to take care of those things in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, we don't go down there. We don't. We don't go to Texas. That's what. Uh, <laughs> I podcast. don't blame you. I honestly don't blame you. <laughs> Um, all right, so if you want to get for in about con- one week in October, though, I will say the weather is pretty nice. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so if you want to get in contact with our show, if you have a, a, um, a song suggestion or topic suggestion, please send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at hotmail um, And for more information about the show and, and full track listings from all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, because our, our podcast feed only goes back so far, uh, go to the website rhythmandpixels.com. And um, if you want to check us out on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. We have a Facebook group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. You can check that out there. Uh, we have a Discord server where there's a lot of uh, chat and uh, discourse happening. Um, that's linked. You can get the invite there. It's all linked up on our website. Um, go to youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. We have a uh, 24-7 radio stream playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. That little server's chugging away in my closet. It hasn't burned up yet, so it'll just keep playing <laughs> music until it dies, and then I'll figure out what to do next. But it's, it's going, um, so check that out. And if you like to support the show, the best thing you can do is just tell people about it. You know, um, you can send postcards. I think that's the, I think that's what people are doing now um, in this in this time is just very carefully you know writing letters by hand and and and, and writing to them about podcasts. And that's, that's how we're getting the word out. Um, also, you can go to patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels and you can support us there. Um, we have some really cool um, uh, things you can get for supporting the show. And we'd like to thank our Patreon members at the end of every episode. We'd like to thank That Nick Walker, The Last Recon, Mike Myers, Davey Cakes, Bedroth, thank you very much, from the VGM Very Good Music Podcast, uh, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Taco. Um, I'd also like to thank Tacos, just Tacos in general. Uh, Harold Howard, Amen. David Taylor, Amen. Reinhard Selkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, good dude, uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound version VGM podcast, who um, also just released his uh, latest episode, which was just after 68, but just before episode 70. 
And Brian Pitt, yes. thank you all very much for your continued support of our little podcast. It's fantastically appreciated. Believe us. Yeah, it is very much appreciated. We also still have our contest going on. Um, those details are on Facebook and Instagram all over the place. But uh, send us an email with your super silly video game move. Uh, we're picking three people at random, and we got some cool T-shirts to give away. Um, and for the record, worth noting, because it honestly came to mind because my brain does that. It even may even roll into its own show topic. So just because mm. even if your track even if what? your move doesn't particularly win, <laughs> it like, doesn't clothing? mean you can't get featured. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Alright. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's cause yeah, just because it doesn't get picked for the the free stuff. Um, yeah, we might actually just keep all of these suggestions and make a show topic out of all your suggestions. That's a really good idea. Um, so yeah, let's do that. But yeah, the shirts are really cool. I'm really proud of how they came out. I got some um, some samples in the mail and tried them on, and they look fantastic. Um, so you go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch, and you can find all of that there. And that's it. We have um, we have a lot of guests lined up for um, the end of this month and next month, actually, which I'm really excited about. Some returning guests, maybe some new ones, mainly mostly returning guests who are all um, going crazy trapped inside their houses. So we'll dig... We'll do dig into that, and that'll be a whole lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to uh, to plug, uh, Bedroth, before we head out of here? Uh, um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything from my end. Uh, just everybody out there, keep listening to Rhythm and Pixels. It's an excellent show. Um, great, great host, great fan interaction, and. Once again, guys, I just can't thank you enough for having me on today. It has been a real blast. Thank you for coming on. We enjoyed hanging out with you. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, thanks for listening to the show, Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a good week. Take care. And remember, I kind of already spoiled some of it earlier in the episode, but (laughs) good parenting is something to be treasured. If you are doing the job of being a good parent to your kid, do continue doing that it's greatly appreciated even if you might not realize it because your kid is mainly just asking you to take them to the mall and buy them smoothies and video games um but trust and in fact that is very much appreciated appreciate your parents for what they are because and i'm just a weird feeling but like sometime someday you don't know when you might not have that parent anymore and then when that happens all you'll have are the memories and you'll want to cherish the living daylights out of those memories Friggin' make them. And for those of you who aren't quite able to, or not so fortunate enough to do hit the role of being a parent, um, that does not mean that you can't be a parental, a parental figure towards those who are in need. Just be a good role model. Be someone that smiles and waves to a kid that you know that can stand to use that person in their life. That just they just want that bit of positivity because. Surprise, surprise, you could happen to be that guy or gal who ends up being on someone's list like you are a very influential figure and appreciated figure in my life. How'd I meet you? I don't friggin' know. You're just that guy who played Smash Bros. with me all the time, but you were a fantastic person to play Smash with. I guess just be good to these folks. Be good to people because you never know who you're influencing, whether it be just as some rando or even as a potential father or mother figure. Just be decent and drink vitamin water. <laughs> I was to finish that thought, man. <laughs> <laughs>
first 